No, it's unmuted. You're good. Unmuted. Okay. First Timothy chapter number five, verse number seventeen. This morning, I'm very excited about this message. I'm preaching my heart today. I'm preaching my life. This is what I live, and um, it's just been. This is a subject we all need. And then you can turn to Luke chapter six, verse thirty-eight. I want to continue from last week's lesson I didn't get to finish. And um, I dealt last week with the negative side of hurting God's man. This week I want to deal with the positive side of helping him. We will do a quick recap. Um, 1 Timothy 5.17, here's what the Word of God says. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Verse 18 as well. For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Now quickly turn to Luke 6.38, and then we'll get into the message. Notice these are the words of red. This is Jesus Christ speaking. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye might with all, it shall be measured to you again. Dad, could you pray over this message, please? Last week, I had the joy of um, talking about our pastor and his wife and family, and um, I won't go deep into it again, but we should be on our knees praising God for the kind of people they are, for the kind of people we get to serve under. Um, The Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. You know, in God's eyes, Brother Brother Zollers and Brother Shine, God holds a man of God in the highest regard. I don't care what Facebook or any of the other people do. God thinks about a preacher completely different than normal people do in our day and age. And um, I hold them in the highest regard. I'm talking about the Gunthers and their faithfulness, passion, dedication, hard work, their zeal, energy, love, vision, labor, and a host of other things that should bless our soul and cause us to thank God for our pastor and his family. They are truly worthy of double honor, and we should never take them for granted. Jeremiah 3.15, I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. I'm humbled to be a member at Hope Baptist Church and to learn under the ministry of Pastor Daniel Gunther and family. They were special long before they hit the pulpit and became a pastor and pastor's wife. Because I looked up to them when I was a kid, grew up watching, you know, traveling around watching the Rochester. They'd be singing with the Rochesters. And I just viewed their integrity and their character as a family. And now, transitioning into the pastor, I see the same qualities. And uh, it's a blessing. We're just very blessed to have them as pastor and his wife. I also talked about last week the ministers of the gospel, what they go through. I just gave you a small glimpse of what they go through in ministry, any minister of the gospel. And I won't go through that again. But just understand that the life that they live is not easy. And the target is on their back at all times. When you're on the front line serving God, the target will always be on your back. Satan will do all he can 
to take you down if you're making a difference for the cause of Christ. Always keep that in mind when you deal with the man of God. Give him special grace. Give him special... Be patient. You know, there's, there's things men of God do that I don't personally understand sometimes. But you've got to work through it. They're the man of God. They're anointed. They have pressure that we don't understand. So you've got to just be patient and understand that they're following God the best they can. And we've got be, be, to be careful how quick we are with our responses. Sometimes we've got to step back, take a deep breath, and realize the position they hold before we start running our mouths. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and we'll talk about that deeply. Um, I, I talked about <clears throat> last week um, when you step over the line and hurt God's man. I won't get into this deep, I, and I want to get into my message. But when you do that, we highlighted last week, and I just touched this. I scratched the surface, Ms. Carrie, of what happens when, when people make these fatal decisions. God drops the hammer on people. You know what I'm saying? Because the Bible says, touch not mine anointed. You better not touch his anointed. You better not do his prophets no harm. That's what the word of God says. And I won't get into that. We got into that very deeply last week, and I could go on for days on that subject. But this week, I want to I um, give a positive message. This is rare for me, so enjoy it. You know? I want to give a positive message on the subject, what will happen when, when we choose to help God's man. And before we start the message, I want to talk about the night that changed my life. I referenced this last week. I was in church. You know, that's why I'm so impressed with Ben and Noah, because they're plugged in at an early age. I wasn't like that. I was in church. I loved the singing. I, I, I was there. I was faithful. Never missed a service. My dad and mom raised me in church. I never even really wanted to miss a service. But I wasn't plugged in to the God. And I was depressed. And I was sad. And I was miserable because I was not fulfilling what God had for me. We all have a calling. Everybody's sitting here. Everybody has certain gifts that they can use to edify the body of Christ. Everybody. Every single person. And I consider myself the least talented. And I, I think about what God has done with me, Dad. It's just been incredible to watch God move on somebody like me. And um, I, I remember sitting there, my dad, me and my dad and my mom went to Midwestern Baptist College to honor a man that was getting a doctor's degree. His name was Dr. Lawrence Mendez. And I remember that night in particular, he had a large showing show up. There was 500-something people, I believe, that night. And there was over 300 preachers there that night. And I looked across the congregation, Ben, and my life was in shambles. I, was just, I didn't even want to go that night. You know what I'm saying? That night in particular, because I wanted to stay at home and mope and be depressed. You know what I'm saying? And I went that night, Brother Zollers, and from out of nowhere, as I was looking across that congregation, God spoke to my heart. I was at a critical time in my life when I was deciding whether to go to college, whether to get a job, whatever. The course of my life was not determined yet. And from out of nowhere, God spoke to my heart and said, I want you to help my ministers. Help my, help my men. Ben, I've made a commitment that night and set it in stone in my heart. Don't make this a one or two or five time, ten time thing. Make it a lifetime commitment that every time you nudge my heart, when you, I ask God to bring men of God across my life. And every time God nudges my heart, I want him to use me as a funnel to be a blessing to them. And I would not, I remember tears rolling down my face, Ben, like a, like a fountain. My mom asked what was wrong. I said, there's nothing wrong. And I got excited, and I looked at the possibilities that sat there, Brother Gunther, of all the men of God that were preaching on fire for God, and I, I could be instrumental in helping them along the road. And from that point on, I would not trade that decision that night for all the silver and gold you, you could lay at my feet. There's nothing more precious than what happened that night. 
And I've been trying ever since to get busy about helping people, helping God's men, and it's, it's yielded great fruit in my life. Let's look at what happened if you helped God's man in your time on earth. Number one, when you help God's man, it will lead you down the pathway of power. People do not understand how important power is in ministry. I, I hear pastors all the time. Our pastor is not one of them, praise God. I hear pastors all the time that try to explain away the power of God in people's lives. They call it apostolic power. Granted, they had great power given to them by God. But what are you going to do with Elijah? You know, the Bible says he was an apostle. The Bible says long before, the Bible says that Elijah was um, a man subject of like passions like we are. He was just like us, but he was completely sold out to the cause of Christ, and God used him to bring down fire from heaven, all these great miracles that we'll get into. But it'll lead you down the pathway of power. If you want to spend all your time running down a man of God, help yourself. But you're going to live a dead, fruitless life, and you're going to be bitter at the world, and you're never going to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. I would spend my days helping God's man and hungering after what they got. Any man of God that has a touch from heaven, I'm interested. How do they have that? You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to cut that guy down or get jealous of him. I'm trying to motivate him or learn from him. And this is what we're going to talk about, Elisha. When I think of great power from heaven, I think of Elisha. Elisha and Elijah, that relationship, Brother Vipon. Elisha did everything he could to aid Elijah. He did everything possible. Elijah respect, Elisha respected Elijah. He helped Elijah. He learned at Elijah's feet. He studied under his every move. He was an encouragement, a, a support to Elijah. He prayed for Elijah. He cared for Elijah. He was there when Elijah needed him. He was faithful. He stood with Elijah. He was always, right, he was always his right-hand man. He shined the man of God's shoes. He was his companion in the battle of life. But the thing that was most instrumental in Elijah being touched by God's hand, the, the greatest thing, the quality he had is he was hungry for what Elijah had. He was thirsty. Jesus said, the hungry shall be filled. The thirsty shall be filled. And, and he, was, he was driven to experience a double portion of the spirit of Elijah, which seemed impossible to achieve then. It, was, it seemed impossible for what Elijah did in his ministry. But because of Elijah's desire, God granted his request, and the rest is history. Elijah, uh, uh, although Elijah stopped the rain, brought down fire from heaven on several occasions, raised a boy from the dead, and did miracles no one had ever seen to that point, God allowed Elijah to do wonders just as impressive and more consistent in the service of God. Why did that happen? Why did God, Elijah even said, this is a hard thing that you're asking, but because of his desire, because of his hunger to reach another level with God, God granted that in his life. And he was so powerful, Brother Gunther, that when he died, they, uh, they threw a band, a soldier in his sepulcher, and when the bones of that soldier touched Elisha, that soldier came back to life. He revived again. And that's because he was hungry for the power of God. It, it, it almost sickens me that ministers can explain away the power of God. George Whitfield said that dead, dead ministers are preaching to dead people, and that's why people don't have no life. You know what I'm saying? And, that, and that's the problem in our churches. We spend more time explaining away the Bible than we do explaining it. Preach the Bible for what it says. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and, and your congregation and your own ministry will be way better off because of it. You know, I think of Joshua and Moses, you know. Moses had to look at the promised land from afar, but Joshua got to go inside. But the, Joshua was put in that position where when Moses died, the servant of the Lord, Moses stepped in his place. Because Joshua 
was a help to the man of God and wanted what Moses had. You know what I'm saying? He wanted that power, that anointing, that influence. And we need this back in our churches again. If you really want God's power upon your life, and we should, we should then, and we all should, then I highly um, encourage you to start being a blessing to God's ministers and to support him in any way you can. And I promise your growth will be staggering in the years to come. All Christians should have a desire to grow. As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. Peter said that we should grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The only way you're going to grow is if you're doing what the Bible says. And I highly encourage you to, if you have to, look up men of God on the internet. Look up people that are on fire for God. It's apparent that Ben and Noah have got around some spirit-filled meetings and preaching because that's exactly what happened to me when I was young. And it fired me up. You know what I'm saying? We need life. We need energy back in our services again. God has been so good to us. We're so unworthy. And he is due our praise, you know? And it's a shame that we can't give him the glory for all the things he's done. The Bible says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. That's everything. You know, in Jonah, when they had that great revival, Miss Gunther, even the creatures, even the, the, even the animal, the livestock repented. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if, if you won't repent, if you won't rejoice, if you won't praise God, he'll raise up the rocks and do it in your place. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, uh, it, it's crazy what we have had the experience in the churches nowadays, you know? Um, the Bible says you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. You won't be a true witness of God until the power of God falls on you. Because the Bible says they had to tarry in Jerusalem until the, the Spirit of God fell, until they were endued with power from on high. He would not send them out in Matthew chapter 10 until he anointed them with power. Because he knew they wouldn't be effective, Dad. And, um, and we're just in a mess in our churches. But, you know, the, um, I highly respect Pastor Gunther. And I highly respect men all across this country that pay the price. You know what I'm saying? And when you support men, a guy like that, you, you'll fall into the power of God, maybe even by accident. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, it's amazing what God can do um, when you give him everything you got. Number two, when you help God's man and God's work, the blessings of God will flow in your life. Giving to God's work and God's ministers is a beautiful thing in God's eyes. People don't realize how wonderful giving is because it's from the heart. That's where it's coming from. You know what I'm saying? It's not natural to want to just give to people. You know what I'm saying? Because we're wicked. We're carnal. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're made um, with selfish desires and, you know, and, and the way we live our lives, we're greedy. We're, I mean, we're going to get into this pretty deep. Um, and it's, it's, this is a positive message, praise God. Uh, oh, me, oh, my. And, uh, you know, I, I think about a faithful man will abound with blessings. Jesus said in John chapter 15, Brother Vipon, that his desire for our lives is not that we just bear little fruit. We bear much fruit. The Bible says if we don't bear fruit, he's going to purge us. You know what I'm saying? He's going he's to make it to where we, if we're his child, we're going to bear fruit one way or another. You know what I'm saying? You might as well just, just give it all right now. Um, Luke 6.38, we just gave this verse. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For what the same measure that you might wherewithal shall be measured unto you. You know, I'm just dumb enough to believe the Bible. You know what I'm saying? This Bible has never done me wrong, Brother Rob. It'll never do me wrong. If I can't trust God and his word, who can I trust? You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of people just lay around, Pastor Gunther. They'll criticize other people that are on the front lines. And they don't have an ounce of concern to reach people. You know what I'm saying? Just ignore that crowd. You know what I'm saying? Go on for the glory of God. 
Um, when you invest in the work of God in the life of others, be prepared to be blessed beyond measure by the hand of Almighty God. Psalms 23, 5, I love this verse. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of, his enemy, of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. You know, Brother Vipon, that's really the way God intends for us to live as Christians. Our cup should be running over with blessings. We should be a light. We should be a witness to this lost world. They should hunger and want what we have. They shouldn't, you know, it, it shouldn't be a question that we're walking with God. And daily we will be loaded down with benefits, the Bible says. Um, all these great verses. There should be showers of blessings. I love that song. You know, Johnson Oatman wrote that song, Miss Gunther. Um, that was the kickoff of his writing ministry. He wrote 5,000 songs. He sat down one day and just thought about all God's goodness, all God's blessings, Brother Vipon. And he started writing a song, There Shall Be Showers of Blessings, you know. When you really sit down and you think about how good God's really been to you, you'll get out of a state of depression pretty quick. You know what I'm saying? You'll start dancing and praising the Lord and, and giving him the glory that he's worthy of. You know, I remember one night I was sitting right in front of where my dad's sitting right now. And everybody was talking in church. I got in church, and I got by myself, and I opened the book, and it went right to count your many blessings, name them one by one, Miss Jessica. And I, I, was just, I was just like allowing those words to minister to me and sink into my heart. And I was just, man, I started praising the Lord. I was just sitting right there. And I bowed my head, and I thanked God for my family, for my health, for my church, for the blessings of my ministry and my parents and all kinds of stuff. And as I had my, bow, my head bowed and I was thinking of those words, there should be showers of blessing, a man slipped in the church, actually Uncle Danny, it was Uncle Danny. And as I was praying, with nobody even knowing what I was praying about, he dumped a bunch of money over my shoulder like a shower. There should be showers of blessing. And it fell down on my lap and fell on the floor. And I said, praise God. I was like, Where is it? it like stunned me. It woke me out of my daze. And I said, man, Danny, that's very nice of you. I appreciate that. And he goes, well, God has been dealing with me all day. I just wanted to follow the Lord. You know what I'm saying? There shall be showers of blessings. When you praise God, it's amazing what happens. It, it just, revival can take place in your heart, and, and it, can, it can ignite a fire that yeah, you'll go and spread it to other people. And um, just give God the glory for what he's done. Um, think of all these other third world countries that have nothing. You know, think of the Ukraine. Think of all these places that suffer. And here we sit with three cars on average. You know what I'm saying? Three Bibles on average. Air condition, tilt control, you know, some of us have spinners on our car. No. <laughs> but God's been good. I mean, that's all I'm trying to get across. Proverbs 3, 9, 10. These are some of my greatest memories right here. Proverbs 3, 10 says this. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of thine increase. Why don't you try it one time and see what God can do. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. I remember some of my greatest experiences was when Hope was a child. And I would wait for her to pick her up off the bus. And I would go sit down with a man named Dale Roy down the street. Amen. And we would sit there, Dad, for hours, hours sometimes, two hours at times, and talk about all the blessings in our lives. And tears would flow down our face. And I remember this verse would always come to my mind, Pastor Gunther, about his barns being full. Because on his property, he bought his property for $8,000 back in the 50. Now it's worth over 400000 and it's got 10 acres, and it has a barn that's filled with tractors and cars. And I always think about that verse. I always think about Mr. Dale Roy when I read that verse. And he was a living example of giving. And, and, and he was like a funnel God could use. God has been gracious to me and my family and my ministry, as I'm sure he has with you. Over the years, um, hundreds, literally, Ms. Shine, hundreds of checks have come through my mailbox for my ministry. And I, would take, I take the checks, every one of them, and I invest it right back into other ministries. You know what I'm saying? And when you do that... God will, there, there's a famous saying that you shovel out the money and God will shovel it back at you. 
And God's shovel is bigger than yours. You know what I'm saying? You can't outgive God. You can't just try him. The Bible says prove him. Prove him in the book of Malachi. If you give to God, he wants you to prove him. That he will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you're not able to receive. I, I just, no, I just trust God. That, that's, it's a plain and simple, childlike faith. You know what I'm saying? The older we get, the harder we have to trust. You know, when Hope was a child, I talked about this before, or, or Wyatt, you'd say, come on, Wyatt, and he'd jump right off in your arms. Now, now I don't even want her to jump. You know what I'm saying? And, and she, she hesitates now. You know what I'm saying? She ain't going to do that no more. You know, but I wish as Christians we could get back to being childlike in our faith and, and adult-like in our wisdom and discernment. You know what I'm saying? Um, all these things. Um, when you determine to help the cause of Christ with your substance, God promises to take care of you and bless you all the days of your life. And we just heard this great missionary talk about this verse, and I shall supply all your need in Christ Jesus. Brother Friday talked about this. But when you're in the will of God and you're giving for the right reasons, not for selfish motives, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people pray for selfish motives that they want for their own life. When you pray according to God's will, that's when business picks up. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be according to God's will. And he knows your heart. And when you use that money and you're, you're disciplined with it and you give it to a man of God, it, it, more will come. More will come. The Bible says, cast your bread upon the water and watch it come back to you. You know? Um, Psalms 37, 25 says, I have been young and now I am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his be- uh, seed begging bread. When God makes a promise from his blessed book, you can take it to the bank and cash it as absolute truth because God cannot lie. The old saying says this, you cannot outgive God, and that is so true. The more you give, the more God gives back. Um, you know, I think about sometimes the little things in life. God promises. You know, remember God fed Elijah with a raven where everybody else was starving to death? You know what I'm saying? God will take care of his man. I don't care if we can understand it or not. The Bible says, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not upon your own understanding. You know? So even if we don't understand, never doubt God in that way. Because the Bible says when Jesus was in when he was in his own hometown in the book of Mark, chapter 6, he could do no mighty work there because of their unbelief. And that's what stops us, is unbelief and doubt and blaming God when we should be blaming the devil, you know. Um, but I remember one time at, when I was in Canton, just the little things. You know, I'm a big believer and you should be able as a Christian to eliminate noise. And you should be able to hear the still, small voice of God like Elijah could. You know, we should be tender enough where we can hear that voice. The more, a missionary said years ago, brothers, I was, when you say no to the Spirit of God and you keep saying no and you keep saying no, that voice inside gets smaller and smaller to the point where it's grieved to the point you can't even hear it no more. We should be sensitive. That's why I'm so big on going to the altar once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Keep that communication open with God. Don't get hard as a rock. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I remember one time I, I was late for work. This is when I lived in Canton. This was years ago, Ben. I, at least 13 years ago, 12 years ago. It was a blessing. I, I, was, I was late. I skipped breakfast. I told Aaron, I'll just eat my lunch or get something on the way, you know. And, um, but I forgot my lunch, too. <laughs> I got a horrible memory. And then, uh, yeah, praise and then uh, I remember I, I drove, I was, I drove, and I was at the end of the condominium when I was about to turn right, and it dawned on me that I forgot my lunch. And I, I put the car in the, and I pulled in a spot, and I went to go hit the reverse. And for, for God spoke to my heart and said, I'll take care of you today. Don't worry about it. And, and then I wanted to make sure it was God, Pastor. I sat there in that parking lot, and God confirmed it in my heart. He'd take care of me. And I didn't go back home. I just drove into work rejoicing. I was excited what God was about to do. You know what I'm saying? I walked in. 
with anticipation, I walked in to punch in at my work, and a man came up to me and said, I was at McDonald's, and God told me to get you lunch, or get you breakfast. And he's not even saved. God nudged his heart, you know what I'm saying, to take care of me. And then I, I said, thank you, man. I've been praying about that. And then I said, and he's going to provide lunch, too, wait and see. You know? And I went out and worked. I didn't think, even think, no, no, but I got busy working. I came in to lunch, and it dawned on me, God's going to provide lunch. I walked through, and I was coming near the, I went to the bathroom, washed my hands. I was coming right around with joy, and yeah, I was so happy. And I was coming around, I was like, I wonder what God's going to do. And I went to turn in the break room, and where I had my Bible on the break table, they set 75 Jimmy John sandwiches, and we all ate that day. You know what I'm saying? God will take care of you. There's no worries. If you're in the will of God, you've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. I give stories of the cows come home on that subject. Um, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8 says, But I say... But this I say, he which so unsparingly shall also reap sparingly. You know, people are tightwads, man. I'm just outside, get sidetracked here, man. I mean, like, in the work of God, we're going to give statistics in a quick second. It's just staggering and sickening how selfish people are. You know what I'm saying? People were given more during the Great Depression than they are in our day right now. It's, uh, statistically, it's, it's just sickening. Um, and you wonder why you're not blessed. Uh, we have a great church. I want to specify this before I even go on. We have a great church of givers. So I'm just preaching general stuff right here. You know, um, I love, I appreciate that. Um, but he that would sow it bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Praise the Lord. Every man according as he has purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. That's a category you enter into. God loves all men. But that's talking about, that's a category you get into. When God loveth a cheerful giver, he'll favor you. He'll, he'll shower down blessings upon you that he don't on people that won't give. You know what I'm saying? And, and we need to learn this in, in Christian life. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you will always have, having all sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work. In other words, when you're cheap and tight with the resources, God cannot rebuke the devourer. My dad taught me that verse when I was young. When you give, God says he will rebuke the devourer, Satan, and he will bless you, open up the windows of heaven. But if you don't give like you should, then God can't rebuke the devourer for your name, for your sake. And, um, and if you refuse to support ministries on earth and they wonder why they're not blessed, here's what statistics say. In our day on average, think about this as I say this. Statistics tell us in our day on average, people are given 2.5% of their income to God. 25 pastor instead of 10 percent, they're given 2.5 because they don't even think they got a tie they don't think they have to do nothing they explain it away you know what i'm saying but in the great depression days they were given 3.3 percent which is still a small number but it's more when they were dirt poor than we are in our abundance you know what i'm saying 17 i've known this statistic 17 percent of church members tithe 17 percent how in the world is the church supposed to survive like that you know what i'm saying but people think nothing of just throwing a dollar. And I'm not diminishing throwing a dollar. And if it's from the heart, that's a beautiful thing. But if you're making $100,000 a year and you're throwing a dollar in the offering crate, I mean, that's an abomination to God. He's done so much for us. I just don't understand. Um, but that crowd will never experience what they're supposed to in the work of God. Um, I love this. R.G. Lathornum was his name. Was a Christian industrialist who, decided, who dedicated his life to being a businessman for God. Not for himself, for God. This is what he did. He was very successful, and God's hand was upon him. He was a maker of nearly 300 inventions. 
He also, and as he succeeded financially, he increases given every year until he was given 90% annually to the Lord. 90%. And he died a millionaire. He, he just had money coming in from everywhere, and he was given 90% to the Lord. Now you explain that. <laughs> it's God. It ain't nothing. That, when you hoard stuff, he ain't going to bless you. When you give, it'll just keep coming. Now stop. Try him. Prove him and see if it's not true. Uh, J.C. Penney, on his deathbed, he was given 75 cents of every dollar to God's work. He said his only regret in life was that he didn't give more, Carrie, because he knew that was what was going to carry long after the grave when he was gone. Eternal things. The Bible says, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Lay up treasures in heaven. And the sad thing about Christian life, and, and, and this is the sad truth, we don't realize this until we're on our deathbed sometimes, that the things we accumulate down here, the Bible Timothy said that, or Paul said in the book of Timothy that you brought nothing in this world, it's certain you're going to bring nothing out of this world. So invest while you're young, and you'll have, you'll have awards down here and rewards up there. It's just a double whammy. You know what I'm saying? You'll have a blessed life all around. Um, but uh, J.C. Penney, I love it. Every time I walk in that store, ben, I get convicted. When you help God's man, in, in number three, God will work miracles in your life. And I don't think I'll finish, so I might just dwell on this point real quick. Okay. God will work miracles in your life. You know, we serve a God that loves to perform miracles in the child of God's life and God and a God that can do anything. You know, the question is asked in Genesis, Dad, that is anything too hard for God? The answer is no. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above anything that we're able to ask or even think. Pastor Gunther's talked about this. I've heard other men talk about this. We try to put God in a box. We try to control his movement. We try to... Because that's what we are as human. We're control freaks. You know what I'm saying? And we don't allow God to have free reign and to minister and allow him to move. Our actions grieve the spirit of God and he can't move freely like he's supposed to. And, um, but when you give to the cause of Christ and the men of God, miracles will happen. John chapter 6 verse 9, when that little lad let go of his lunch, he gave five loaves and two fishes and, Jesus, and, and God was pleased with that. And he worked the miracle that we're still talking about today. He, Jesus took the lunch, gave thanks, and distributed to his disciples. And not only were 5,000 men fed, but their wives and kids were also fed. Plus, on top of it, God had 12 baskets ready for his disciples as well. Talk about a miracle. The, uh, Bible scholars say that about 30,000 people were fed that day, estimated. Um, so, I mean, you cannot outgive God. It's just, it's just, I learned many years ago that God can do more with our little lunch than we could ever dream of doing. And if we are willing to part ways with it when God bids for it, he can multiply it and bless the multitudes. You know, when we were at the business meeting, something touched my heart, you know. Uh, when Pastor Gunther presented the seed line ministry, I, I've seen it in action as well. And I know what it can do. You know what I'm saying? The gospel going around the world, the Bible going around the world. Two men in this church stepped up and immediately took care of the bill. And God will multiply that. I've seen that all my life. I remember sitting at Open Door one time, and um, I just love that place, uh, just like I love this place. And I remember I was sitting there, and the pastor got up, and they needed buses pretty bad. And I remember, I remember the pastor said, that, can anybody donate towards the bus ministry? And, and God smote my heart, and I, I seen the possibilities of how many kids they could pick up. I've seen the influence that, that those buses and those workers could make for the cause of Christ. And I remember taking my, I used to carry my checkbook in those days, and I remember 
taking the pastor off in private and writing him a check to cover the two buses. And by, when I did it, I asked, I, we prayed together, me and the pastor. And I asked God to take this little lunch and to multiply it for years. When he bought those buses, Pastor, they were run down. They, were, they, they expected them to last maybe two to three years. They bought them off Johnny Peck. And I check with them all the time. It's been 17 years, and they're still picking up kids on those buses. Still. You don't know what God can do when you give them your little lunch. You know what I'm saying? It might not seem a lot at the time, but God can multiply that thing. You know, um, It's just amazing what we've seen through the years on this. Um, the woman in Kings that gave her last meal that she had prepared for her son and herself, Elijah said, you know, a typical Baptist said, give me the, the food first and you can have the leftovers, praise God. But, but God took that and honored it by the word of the Lord and she ate many days, the, the barrel never wasted and the cruise of oil never failed. A miracle of God. You know what I'm saying? And, and, she, and then on top of it, her son ended up dying, Elijah raised her from the dead. You know what I'm saying? I think it was worth giving that man of God her lunch, you know? And only then did she say, now I know you're a man of God when she raised her son, not when he provided all that food for her. People are nuts, man. Um, you know, when you give your resources away. Um, I, I, one more minute. Is that okay, Pastor? Okay. Um, my heart's prayer constantly is bring someone across my path or across my mind that I can help carry the gospel around the world. So often God grants the prayer and performs miracles. Um, I won't get into stories. I got a bunch of stories on this subject. Um, and I, I'm not going to get into my point. I won't have time. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness in every one of our lives, Lord. Lord, the word of God says the goodness of God is around all the earth. Lord, we love you. Lord, thank you for allowing us to be in a church of this nature. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the King James Bible. Lord, thank you for our pastor and his wife and, and the church family. Lord, I pray that you would move in our services here today, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.